Roll for initiative. Welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast, the podcast that helps you level up your RPG. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you. We all just have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game. Because the, the only, only way, way to win a role-playing, role-playing game is to have fun. fun. <laughs> hey. uh, what's going on? Changing things up because Jason's not I here. I know. I'm Ryan Arm the Curmudgeon, and joining me as always is Carrie the Legend. Hello. And not Jason. Not Jason. Not Jason. <sighs> Jason is still working. I think he's actually been working nonstop. Yeah? Since our last, yeah. Like he never, ever He stopped. doesn't leave. He's just there mm, always. I see. Yeah. Well, before we get into talking about what we're talking about, let's talk about <laughs> something else we'll talk about. Okay. Let's what talk you... about our patrons. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. So uh, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash podcast, And you can go there and back us for a little bit of money. And uh, every month uh, you can get free stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get free postcards, free prints, free books. You can get shout outs on the podcast mm-hmm. and if you back at a high enough level we you can even have your character phone in and we'll t- talk to them. And it's, it's very funny. It's a it's a roast. <laughs> it's a roast. It's a roast. Yeah. Uh let's talk about those folks. Okay. Do you know anybody that has I I do know some uh Joel Eastland. Oh. Joel Eastland. Oh my gosh. What? I don't know. What was that? <laughs> All right. All right. And then there's Ryan Martin. Oh. Oh, is this how we're going to do <laughs> Drew Stevens? <laughs> Joe Hines with Lost Colonies. That is our East Coast mm-hmm. LARP stravaganza guy. All right. And we've got Noah Coltrip. What about Noah? Anyone else? Uh, Salim. Halabi? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See how we tag team that? So It's true. Yeah. <laughs> we got Ryan Galeato. Yes. And uh, his... He's West Coast. Yeah. What's his LARP called? Byways LARP? I believe so, yes. Yeah. And uh, anyone else? We've got Sarah. Well, if you'd like a shout out, we'd love to give you one. You can get one by helping us keep the show on the air by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash honorroll podcast. I'm, I'm very excited. Once we get enough patrons, I just found out from our um, internet connect, uh, provider mm-hmm. that we can get like a, a little thing that's going to extend our, our wireless to this room. Yeah. And it'll be way easier for when we do interviews and stuff. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Well, there you go. It's exciting. I do want to give a quick shout out to okay. Noah Coltrip if we yeah. can. Yeah. Okay, we can give an extra one to Noah. So Noah uh, recently took his uh, significant pal. Pal? All right. His, his SO, yeah. I mean, do we really want to, do we want to go that far? Significant other? That just seems uh, like a level of commitment, maybe, that we're not prepared to have. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's ready for some commitment. Okay, well, he took his pal, Amanda, uh, out (laughs) to Williamsburg, Virginia, uh, where he went to Howard Hankins' farm. 
Uh, Howard Hankins, as you may remember, was uh, one of the people who was uh, in charge of President's Park in Williamsburg before it closed. Uh, But when it closed, they had these 43 20-foot-tall heads of every U.S. president, uh, and he didn't want them to get destroyed when the park was closed, right? And so he moved them to his to his house, to his farm, uh, one at a time, you know, which was not easy to do because they weigh like 22,000 pounds a piece, right? And he set them all up in this field and Noah took Amanda there and then started doing the Pledge of Allegiance. And as he was doing the <laughs> Pledge of Allegiance, he was overstricken with the power of the Jonas Brothers and he gave a promised ring to, uh, to Amanda. So we just I, want to say congratulations. You are weirdly obsessed with him. You're kind of stalkerish. I just think that everybody should know uh, what he's up to. <laughs> you know? All right. Congratulations, Noah. We're happy for you. Yeah. Yeah. And we hope that it wasn't too much pressure with all of those uh, giant pres- presidents staring at you. That is a lot of pressure, to be fair. So when last we left our intrepid adventurers, mm. we were sitting right here at this table. Yes. And now we're back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a few weeks, Carrie. What have you been it up to? It has. I've been doing lots and lots of art. Yeah? Yeah. I finished a commission. Yeah? How'd that feel? Uh, it felt really good because I took the money from that commission and bought myself some uh, therapeutic old lady shoes. Yeah? How do those feel? They they feel nice. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I noticed you stand a little taller. I do. About an inch taller, yeah. actually. There, there's, <laughs> there's some uh, heft... Yeah? To them. It's nice. Well, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. What, did, what was the painting of? A uh, fox. Ooh, foxy. Foxy. No, it was, a, it was a cute little fox. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. And now I'm working on another commission. Oh, yeah? And that is of St. Gertrude, so... Is that, for, is that for Gordon? What? Com- Commissioner Gordon? No. Oh. Okay. No. I mean, it was just worth an ask. Just checking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, anything else? Uh, I've been helping our daughter make some art. She's oh, doing yeah. a she's doing a actually pretty impressive sculpture of a dragon right now. Most impressive. Most impressive. Cool. What I think the most impressive part is she's listening to me when I give her hints, right, and telling her how to do stuff. She's actually taking my advice, which hasn't happened yet. Nice. So that's a little weird. Cool. So what have you been up to, right? I continue to work on the gum belt mm-hmm. um, and trudging away at it. What I'm, We're trying to work up to uh, to getting to a point where we can release a play test to some strangers to, to give it a go. Stranger danger! That's right, exactly. So that's hopefully, hopefully going to happen relatively soon in the next couple of weeks. Can, can you call it that? Stranger, Stranger, Stranger danger? danger? No. You can't call the nope, play test. No, we can't. Gen- no, we can't call it that. No, nope. sorry. Uh, I've also suck. been celebrating the birth of Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had to watch The Mandalorian with that, with our daughter Dakota, mm-hmm. and and I I will say I was not looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. And I and and I was impressed. Yeah, it's good, huh? Yeah, it was very yeah. good. My favorite part was uh, at one point uh, the Mandalorian has to learn how to ride a, a Borg. Yes. Which is like this big... Uh, Piranha like, with legs. Do you remember those mad balls when we were a kid? It kind of looks like a mad ball. 
Uh, yeah. But anyway, he's trying to learn how to ride it, and it keeps throwing him off. And Dakota starts yelling at the screen, going, "Going, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong." And we're like, "What are you talking about?" And she was like, "We all know. We watched How to Train Your Dragon. That's yeah. not how you do it." And then it was so funny because when he, the last time he tries to get he, on it, he How to Train Your Dragon. It. He actually yeah. walks up and lays his hand on in between its eyes on its head. Uh, just like in How to Train Your Dragon, yeah. and then she was like, "See, I told you that's how to do it." <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it was pretty pretty awesome. So How to Train Your Drag, How to Train Your Blorg, I yes, guess, mm-hmm. is what it is. How to Train so. Your Mandalorian, I mm-hmm. think. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Jason is not here, but we can tell you that what Jason's been up to is working. Work. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it actually looks like we may get him back next week. We're not mm-hmm. sure, but we might. Uh, or it'll be the week after, but we're going to get him. It looks like for like one or two more shows before we take our season break. Okay. So well, I'm going to, I'm going to try no promises, everyone, but I'm going to try when we get him, if we can record a couple episodes. Yeah. Well, our, uh, just so that everybody knows, just as a reminder, our season, we, we end our season right, uh, around Thanksgiving, uh, and basically we break until like the first or second week of January and then we come mm-hmm. back with season three uh, and we mostly do that just because the holidays make trying to get together to record really crazy. Yeah. So but there may be, you know, some little special things like that drop in special. Between. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's uh, take a minute. All right. The minute's over. Now right. let's go to combat that was a really fast minute. Yeah. Combat rounds. This is the combat round section of the show. What is that? Yeah, well, today our topic is something near and dear to uh, our hearts. Oh. uh, Because it's it's us. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about problem DMs, problem storytellers, problem game Game runners. runners. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked about problem players before. And, uh, it, you know, a lot of people talk about problem players, but very few people talk about what do you do when the guy or the girl or the person running your game sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it doesn't always have to be sucks. I mean, it could just be they're maybe not great at it, you know, or... Uh, or they're maybe, being a jerk personality-wise, right. but they're good at running the game, or yeah. there's all types of issues. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about the the kinds of problems you can have with with, uh, storytellers, and then we're going to talk a little bit um, about uh, how to prevent someone from being a bad... (laughs) You know, the best best defense is a good offense, right? So we're going to... How to prevent somebody uh, not being a very good DM or storyteller. And then, of course, we're going to talk at the end here about... um, how to address it when it's too late and yep. they've already ruined your game. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or are ruining. Yeah, game. sometimes you can come back from it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let, let's just talk about the, the kinds of problems. What are the kinds of things that can make a storyteller not not so good? Uh, typically, I, I think it falls into two categories. All right. There's skill-based and, All right. then, and then there's behavioral. Right. All right. So um, skill-based is kind of like... Uh, the mechanics. And I don't just mean the game mechanics, but I mean literally the mechanics of telling a story also. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest. I actually think skill-based is far less offensive mm-hmm. of the two. I If I if I have to choose you know, between two people that are bad DMs, I will always go with the person who doesn't know the rules well enough. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or even is a bad teller of a story. 
Yeah. This is kind of the basics of a skill-based poor storyteller. This idea that just they don't know the mechanics. Yeah. Literally the mechanics of the game. Uh, they make mistakes. Maybe they aren't willing to look up rules. Right. Um, or, or sometimes it's just they make bad decisions. If yeah. something is, is, you know, they could go one way or another and mm-hmm. they just pick the dumb they one. They always just pick the wrong one and you're like, oh, come on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that uh, bad rule calls can can make a, a, a difficult time with a storyteller. Uh, another skill-based problem, and we kind of talked about this too, is just poor story construction. Mm-hmm. You know, the mechanics of storytelling. Yeah. There, there's got to be beats within a story, and if you don't have any, it's flat, you know, right. and there's nothing there. It can feel uneven. Yeah. You know, uh, it can be tonal problems. Um, you know, I've, I've played with, I, you know, I've played under a storyteller that basically like every, every story he ran, he had ripped off from a movie. Oh, that so is the worst. So it's like super unoriginal. Oh, that is the worst. Cause like, you're like 10 minutes in and you're like going, this is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Right. Son of a gun. <laughs> you know, and then, cause then it's no fun. Cause you know what's happening. And even worse, you're like, oh no. I'm short round. Yeah, and I'm short round in this. Oh, great. Uh, another poor story construction thing is they could be railroading. Oh, you know? yeah. You know, that uh, railroading often is uh, the result of being overprepared mm-hmm. as a storyteller. Um, sometimes it's also being uh, un- inflexible. Yeah. Um, what else? What other, what other kind of story? Um, being unprepared. Yeah, right. The opposite, I yeah. guess, of that. Yeah, there's a sweet, there's a sweet spot. When you're when you're telling when you're running a game and you can't be too much or too little, yeah, just right. And I also think there can be issues with with just understanding challenge levels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's there's nothing worse when you're like, woohoo, we're first level adventures, and then like you know in your first scene a red dragon shows up, and right. you're just like, you know, I'm done. I just wanted to fight some cobalts. <laughs> Come on, guys. Have you ever had that happen? Uh, not quite that bad, but yes. There are other kinds of skill-based problems too, though, because the mechanics of uh, the mechanics of the the game mm-hmm. and the mechanics of telling a story are are kind of the mechanical side of, of this. But then there are other skills that a good dungeon master or storyteller needs. Uh, one of them is is character management skills. Okay, what do you mean? So I mean like. Managing, literally managing the party. And I don't mean the players. Mm-hmm. I mean managing all of the characters. There are there are skills to getting a party to pursue plot leads that you throw out. Ah, okay. You know? Uh, and so, so... By manage, you almost more mean knowing the characters. As, as a, a pretty seasoned storyteller, sometimes... Old. Right? Sometimes... You let the players literally do whatever they decide, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes you subtly railroad them, and sometimes you give them a bunch of choices, but the truth is... It's all the same. It's all the same, yeah. or you want them to take one, and so you you find a way to make them think that that's the best, so uh-huh. they'll do what you want. Yeah, There's yeah. a manipulation to it. You know, because all railroading is is... is uh, 
He's the storyteller trying to manipulate the players and getting caught. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> In some ways. And uh, I'd like to say that, you know, some manipulation of your table isn't a bad thing. Not at all. It's how, it's it's how a good story can be told. Right. But but when you do it poorly. It's railroading. And that's not good. Right. And so, so I mean managing the party. Uh, and, and a lot of storytellers, a, a good sign of someone who is who is not good at managing a party of characters, uh, they will do, you know, we've all heard of, about DMPCs. Oh, God. Right? Yeah. So Playing the dun- your character. Yeah, the dungeon master will create an NPC that's going to hang along with the party. Yeah, just to help you guys out when right? you need it. But that character happens to be like their character. Yeah. You know, they they are playing that character and that character is the star and has the answers and can guide you to where you need to go and is going to deliver the killing blow on the I've, back. I've always found that if your game runner rolls for NPCs that are in your party, that means it's their DMPC. <laughs> it's, it can be a good sign. You know, because if, if, you know, this is just Bob who's hanging out with you and you guys get attacked... Bob really should just kind of balance out one of the bad guys and right. leave it alone. You don't need to roll. You just go, Bob is fighting Cobalt number six. Right. And that's it. You know, but if, if your DM wants to roll for Bob, right. then suddenly Bob's a PC. Right. Because the storyteller is actually playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, this isn't about DMPCs, though, but that is a sign. Having a DMPC hanging around uh, around your party uh, is, man, I had a storyteller that always always had a DMPC. And the biggest problem with that D- with the DMPCs that, that he would run is they were always the solution to the plot. And so the problem uh, in, in those games was that it was our character's job to get... Oh. Uh, yeah, like, you know what I mean? We had to get him to the other main bad guy. Yeah. We weren't powerful enough to fight. Yeah. You know, we so everyone in the game was playing Wedge. Yeah. And the DMPC was Luke. Yeah. I my my very first game runner did something like that, but he wasn't ever he wasn't always like the answer. His DMPC was always a jester. And so he would just like hang out with us and then be like, Woohoo, you guys are dumb for not taking that option. You know, and it was like ooh, you know, clearly it was just him as the game runner going, You should have went right instead of left. Wow. Yeah, and it was so like, no. So he's just playing the douche card. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I think the last skill-based issue is this is people management issues, mm-hmm. right? And that's literally just like uh, balancing the players out of character. You yeah. know, making sure that the players, you know, you got a guy who keeps showing up drunk to your game, right? Yeah. yeah there's got to be somebody who kind of leads the way and takes them aside and, and that like, should always be the game runner it really sh- yeah i mean it, it isn't always it's not but always typically but generally your game runner is, is your leader right at least when he's running game yes and if it's his game that this is happening at he should be the one that steps forward yeah they and should not he I, I keep saying he they he or she and or people them. management issues can also just be like uh being afraid to say no Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, approving approving shitty characters, oh, right? So the first, so that's kind of the the first category of bad storytellers are, are the the ones that are poor, have poor skills. Yeah. Uh, so the second group of poor DMs of bad storytellers uh, is behavioral, and so this is things like uh, like they show favoritism. <laughs> <laughs> that. 
Okay, I have been accused of doing that. It's, it is very easy for a player to assume that if someone's spouse is running the game, that they are giving favoritism to their spouse. Mm-hmm. And most likely, in most situations, what is actually happening is that that spouse is actually having a harder time in the game. Than anyone else. You used to tell me no more than anybody oh, else. I did. When you were my storyteller. Mm-hmm. And almost every time it was no, because if I let you, I, I would let any character do that. But if they see me let you do that, they'll think that I'm favoring mm-hmm. you because you're my husband. I mean, you would actually say that. To yeah, me. I, w- I was very open and honest about it. Yeah. You know, I w- it got to the point where I wouldn't run scenes for you. Right. Because I had so many people that kept telling me, you know, I was giving you favoritism. And I was like... Do you know how much ag I keep handing out to him? Yeah. Well, you know, some of the so some of the problem there is that uh, I'm a pretty competent player. Well, and you're an aggressive player, and by that I mean you go, "Hey, there's a problem here. I'm going to go investigate it." Right. I'm Vanilla Ice. Mm-hmm. If you got a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Oh, Check out my character while the stop. DM revolves it. Oh, or stop. Something. No, I don't know. That was awesome. No. No. <sighs> I mean, maybe if that had been ninja rap, I would have been okay with it. But really? Yeah, no. All right. <laughs> favoritism. <laughs> so favoritism. Right. Uh, but, you know, sometimes favoritism is legit, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, another behavioral issue. And we talked about this a little bit, but but a lack of preparation can also be a behavioral issue. Yes. If you just think you don't need it. Right. Exactly. Uh, And so lack of preparation is tied to number three, which is arrogance. (sighs) So arrogant storytellers uh, are often the worst storytellers. They're all the worst. All storytellers are the worst? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) I've I've found, though, that that thinking you're the best storyteller in your gaming group Mm -hmm. uh, can actually harm your gaming group. Oh, yeah. yeah. So if you think you're the best storyteller in your gaming group, then you probably feel compelled to be the storyteller for your gaming group all the time. And that harms your gaming group because you're, first of all, never encouraging other people to step outside their comfort zones and become storytellers. Mm-hmm. You're never allowing others to discover maybe they have storytelling skills. Yeah. You know, mad skills, maybe. Um, but also, it, it also is sort of establishing uh, a sense of almost like dominance over your group. I was going to say it's almost a control. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, you've created a hierarchy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, arrogant storytellers are, are not good. And the other problem with arrogant storytellers is that they tend to to be completely oblivious to when they do things that are mm-hmm. mistake, mistakes or not good for the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another behavioral issue is uh, they play to win. <sighs> there is. I, I'm saying this a lot, but there is nothing more frustrating when a storyteller like rolls a die or throws a chop or you know whatever against a player and their npc wins and they go yeah it's like there <laughs> nothing makes me want to stand up from the table and walk away faster right or when when they go to the, when you're at the the Wendy's after game and they say man i was so close to killing you yeah like, don't, don't brag to me about that yeah That's i mean there's fun. a difference between going i was really close to killing you guys right 
and going, ha ha. I almost uh, had you. Uh, next time. Don't, well, that's a threat. Like, no. You know, like, uh, you're thre- threatening, even jokingly like that. Right. Isn't okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not a competition. Yeah, you you're are, telling a story, not... Yeah, it's it's easy to forget this because, uh, you know, in a story, typically it's the good guys versus the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the storyteller is playing one of those groups and the players are playing the other group. Right. Right. And so there is a bit of uh, us against them. But ultimately, you know, this it's a team sport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, because if, if I'm a... If I'm not storytelling well, or if you're not playing well, our game's not great. No, nobody wins. Yeah. Um, the uh, the last behavioral issue is is actually the one that I think story storytellers and DMs have the least control over, and that's burnout. Ooh, I've uh, had that. It's y- rough. Yeah, they just they're they're tired. They're done. They're exhausted. They're over it. And a lot of times they feel like they can't step away. It's that arrogance. But that's also, you know, uh, psychologists will tell you that one of the, like, a, a clear symptom of burnout is uh, is the belief that there is no one to take your place. Yeah. And it, it, it creates a cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't matter if it's true or not. But, yeah, burnout is a, is a huge thing. And burnout can make your game suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those are all the shitty DMs. <laughs> almost, oh, no. almost, you know, and I'm sure everyone's gone, well, you didn't talk about this kind of DM or this kind oh, of yeah, DM. There's... But I guarantee you that no matter what kind of bad DM that you've played under, they fall under either a skill-based issue or a behavioral issue. Yeah. So ultimately, those those are the main reasons why storytellers can start to to become sucky tellers. All right. Well, how do you stop becoming sucky storytellers? Well, I think, you know, we talked about this right at the beginning. I think the best defense is a good offense. Go th- team! Right? I think, <laughs> I actually think that preventing them from becoming terrible <laughs> is really the best, Right? You know, there was a time you weren't a great storyteller. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, there was a there was never a time I wasn't a great storyteller. <laughs> but there was a time. <laughs> when you, no, but the, but every great storyteller started out at the very at the very least they started out just okay. Mm-hmm. Most storytellers, the great ones, probably started out not good. I think almost all storytellers start not good because you start off going. I don't know what Everyone walks into the dungeon. Wait, no, I yes you do. You walk into the dungeon and they're you know you, Yeah, if your if your game starts with uh with all of your players in a tavern and finding a an adventurer's wanted poster, you're you're doing it wrong. No, no, that's <laughs> not true. That's not true at all. <laughs> the best thing to do, really, is to just avoid having someone be a bad storyteller to begin with. Okay, how do we do that? Well, it starts by providing good examples. Hmm. So good examples, first of all, begin with just simply uh, having other people run the game well. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, we talk about all the time, we talk about how like the some of the best lessons we ever learned about how to be a storyteller we how to be a good storyteller. We learn from watching other storytellers. Yeah. You know, whether that be, you know, learning what not to do because mm-hmm. somebody did it and it was terrible 
or learning from others, you know, that's how you do it. Yeah. That was great. You know, you we t- you talk about Ryan Galeato, what an uh-huh. amazing storyteller he was all the time. Yes. And and all the stuff that you learned from him. I, I'll tell you, the most important thing I ever learned from him was, one, that it was okay to say no, and that you didn't have to pander and, and make them feel better about it. I mean, don't be a jerk about it, but just go, no, I don't let that in my game, but I'd love for you to play something else. Right. And when they argue with you, just go, no. I don't allow that in my game. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I, I think he always had a level of honesty with that that I, I really always try to encompass. And, and I think that that's really indicative of, of that first step to preventing your gaming group from having a, a, a bad storyteller is to to have your gaming group experience good storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes that means if you've got a... If the game's already happening, uh, you know, rotate games. Maybe this Saturday uh, you run, next Saturday I run. Right. And then we can see how each other are running games and and we'll learn from each other. You know, or if you're more into a LARP, go play in a different LARP. Right. You know, like that's so healthy on so many levels anyway. Yes. Um, You know, and the same thing with, with a mush. Like... If, if you are running a mush, there should be a game that you're playing that you are not running. Right. Just so you have an outlet. And so you can see what other uh, people staff, how they handle things. Yeah. Yeah. So basically uh, what I'm saying is show them. Yes. Uh, the other thing you can do, uh, the other things that you can do can happen outside of game. What? Yeah. So talk about examples of great storytelling. Right. Uh, the, the best way to <laughs> the best way to get. Uh, so when we playing, we play in a lot of games. Yes. And uh, when we see a storyteller who is our friend, who is clearly struggling with something, mm-hmm. even if they don't say they're struggling with it, you know, we all can tell. Yeah. You know, we could tell when our friends are struggling with something. It's OK to be like to to talk about uh examples of other people who have handled similar things and how they did it. Yes. Right. You can also suggest or talk about, you know, live play podcasts Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, because here's the thing is for as much as, as it's a love it or hate it thing, uh, you know, listening to critical role and how Matt storytells can help you become a better storyteller. Absolutely. Um, And so, you know, providing those examples, talk about podcasts, share with them, uh, live plays, you know, talk about critical role, get them to to look at other places. Uh, and, and tied to that is sh- share with them materials on how to be better storytellers. There are uh, not just live plays, there are books and podcasts and what? websites that are actually about being a better dungeon master. Right. Uh, you know, a great example is uh, found at Honor Roll Podcast. right but our i mean but our our podcast is an example yes you know i've got a book that's called on a roll you know that they Mm -hmm. that that can be helpful uh but outside of us there's also for example uh sly flourish writes a a bunch of stuff the lazy dm is Mm -hmm. a great a great reference book uh you know point them to matt colville's youtube channel running the game you know that is like hundreds and thousands of hours of of a really entertaining, knowledgeable guy telling people how to run their games better. Right. 
And, right, right, right. and and it's not condescending. Like he truly just loves helping everybody get get better. And I think uh, I think all of those things are are really really helpful to help them uh, be you know before they become bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What else do you think we can do? Well, I, I think the most important thing you can do is when you see someone kind of floundering as a storyteller in one of these ways. Um, is you tell them. Like offer feedback? Yeah. What? What? So be like, Carrie, yo, that sucked. Yo. What yo, you did, what, that sucked. What up with that? No, I mean, you don't, don't be mean about it. Right. Um, you know, and, and if you're upset, take a moment. Don't, you know, don't lash out. Don't, don't swear. Don't, you know, be aggressive. But, you know, tell them. Hey, I, I don't think, you know, that scene you ran... I don't think that went well. They can't fix what they don't know is broken. Absolutely. Right. Well, for example, you know, Jason often says that he learned to, to really become a great storyteller by, by you know, playing in our game. Mm-hmm. You know, I absolutely learned to be a way better storyteller by playing under you. You know, you learned from Ryan Galeato and, yes. and others. You know, mentoring is huge. It is. And, and it's, it's good. And it... Like, like it's silly, but like, I love that there's this like uh, thing that's connecting all these storytellers. Well, I learned this from Ryan Galeato, and then I was able to share it with Jason Hughes, and now he's able to, you know, like him, where you just kind of reach out and kind of spiderwebs out, and like the the story, you know, like game running is going to be better the more we share these tools, right? And man, having a mentor is super empowering. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even if even if you never actually teach them anything, the person that you are mentoring is going to tell stories with more confidence. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it's it's going to help them be a better storyteller just knowing that you're behind them. Yeah, it's a lot of times I I've got somebody who every once in a while will message me and be like, "Hey, what about this?" and they just need to tell someone their story idea. They don't even need me to go well, this is a little off, or yeah, that's great. They already know. They know. They just need to say it, and then they go, "Wait, no, this is better." I'm like, "Yeah, there it is." Or they call and they go, "I'm not. Sh- I'm okay. So, am I about? Am I doing this thing wrong? Because I think I am." Yeah, and they just it, need you to go. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think you are. And if go, you're great. thinking it, let's. Yeah, yeah. So, what can we do when we're at game that can prevent someone from becoming a a terrible storyteller. Bribery. Okay, bribery. No, sure, no, we can no. do bribery. <laughs> uh, but I think <laughs> I think it might be smarter. I don't know, to, maybe. <laughs> um, I, I know, like, obviously, one of the things is is if you know <laughs> if you know that a storyteller has a particular weakness. Maybe don't push, don't, don't stick your finger in the hole and wiggle it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> work, oh, work this around. Is your, this is your PC, is it? Right. Yeah, don't do Like, that. work, work around a problem area. Yeah. Um, because, you know, eventually, hopefully it won't be a problem area. But, but pushing them, like, if you have a storyteller that you know is maybe not the best at running combat, yeah. Then don't pressure them every single game to be forced to run combat for you because they're going to not learn how to run combat. What they're going to learn is that they hate it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, try to work around the problem areas and then not at game, 
mentor them on the problem area. Yeah. <laughs> or just go, yeah, like there is nothing wrong with even going, hey, Bob, I don't know the rules for combat well, as much as I'd like to. Will you run some combat with me outside of game? Or do mock combat. Yeah, do some mock combats. Like there, because then what you're doing, it's almost like you're tricking them into learning with you, you know. And but you're if you use the the face of help me, most storytellers, whether they are um, whether their problems are skill based or behavioral, will step forward and go, yes, I will help you. Right. And you're kind of you know you're kind of feeding their ego a little bit if it's behavioral. But you're still learning the skills right. that you that you need and they need. Sure. The the last thing I think that you can do at game to prevent your storyteller or dungeon master from becoming terrible is actually about empowering them. Uh, give them respect. Right when they make a rules call, even if 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 it's terrible, mm-hmm. let them have it. You can address it later, mm-hmm. and, and we can we can, we're going to get to that. Uh, give them the space. To make mistakes, because that's yeah. how they'll learn. Um, give them the opportunity to stumble upon grandeur. Yeah. You know, let them yeah. <laughs> let them uh, have the opportunity to do something amazing and give them the room to, to mess it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and encourage them, too. Mm-hmm. You know, if they've got an NPC that's going to monologue, let them monologue. Right. Like, like that's... You know, that, I've always said monologues are the payoff for for running a game. It's Let, that moment when your villain goes, <laughs> so now I'm going to tell you my plan. Yeah. You know what? I don't care if it's 1960s Batman. Right. Let them let 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 the Joker explain the entire plan. So storytellers who are not very experienced that are listening right now, I want to share a secret. We talked about the DMPC being the way that a lot of poor storytellers uh, play their own game. I wouldn't even say poor. I'd say young. But the, the truth is, the best way for a storyteller to play their game is to play the villain. Yeah. But, okay. But, but, don't, not- but don't play to win. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's a little confusing at play first. Play the character. Because, man, there's nothing better than being able to be like, so Lone Star. <laughs> you know? <laughs> being a great, you know, running a great game means your your players get to be the heroes at the end. And so that means, you know, you're really, at some point, you have to lose. You're playing to lose almost. Right. You know, just, you're playing to lose at a specific point. Right. All right. Well, we've talked a bit about the kinds of, of problem storytellers and, and how to prevent them from... Uh, from developing, but let's say you've got a game and your storyteller is not is is just it not they're not cutting it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're playing in a game mm-hmm. and the storyteller is ruining it. What do you do? How do you address it? Right. Well, well the first thing is you stand up right in the middle of the game and you go, "You suck." No, opposite of that. Oh, yeah. Really? Yes. You go home. I always thought the best way to handle it was to to find a way to make the entire game implode. Yeah, please don't do that. So that everybody leaves and is not friends anymore. Yeah, no, 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 don't do that. No, don't do that oh, at all. I was that also. Im- I was taught wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, that also includes don't throw chairs at people. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, 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 no. If if you are having a problem with the staff or a storyteller that is running your game, do not do anything at that game unless it is like physically endangering you or another player or you know right. something like that. It's kind of like we talk about how like don't argue a rules call in the middle of the scene unless it's going to result in character death. Right. Right. So don't tell your storyteller they suck unless it's going to result in player death. Character. Player. <laughs> oh my god. Right. Either either one, yeah. Yeah. So we're back to remember, you know, I always talk about how the best way to address a problem player is to ask them to coffee in between yeah. games. You're, I'm going to surprise everyone. What? The best way to address a problem storyteller is to ask them to coffee in between games. Mm, coffee. It's crazy, right? Yeah. If you can. I believe that the Lassiter's Caramel Latte can solve all <laughs> that, Right? But, but in all seriousness, uh, you don't want to embarrass them. In front of the other players, they're just going to that's just going to create animosity. And, and that then in turn makes the behavioral issue, even if there isn't one, <laughs> makes it even worse. That will make there be a behavioral issue on top of everything else because yeah. they feel attacked. Right. So wait until after game. Let everyone go home. And also, you know, the other reason why you want to wait until till in between games is because, quite frankly, if a storyteller is bad enough that you feel like you've got to really address it, you're probably pissed. Yeah. Or or emotional in some yeah. way. And you could be overreacting. Sleep on it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a big fan of taking them to a coffee shop because it's neutral. Mm-hmm. It's not like you've got them at your house and you're, you know. Yeah, or, yeah. Or anything like that. Take them to a coffee shop. Do it in person uh, because email doesn't always convey tone the way you mean it. Uh, it can, you know, maybe make you sound like you're being a jerk when you're trying right. to be constructive, uh, or or it can make it sound like, you know, your issue is not as serious as you feel it is. It may, you know, it, it can betray your tone. So you really want to try and do it in person if it's possible. It's not always possible. It is not. Uh, it's especially, you know, especially not always possible if uh, you're addressing a staff of yes. storytellers. Yeah. Um, you know, this comes up more at a LARP. Or in a mush, obviously. Well, mush, it's always... It's going to always be typed. Uh, But, you know, in those instances when it's not just a singular person that you're dealing with uh, and you can't, you know, it's then you kind of have to do it by email. But generally speaking, you want to to meet them in person. Uh, But when you do it, what are what are some things that you can do to make uh, to make giving this kind of feedback better? Um, I always think that giving examples is very helpful because if you're like, you're doing your favoritism. I just always feel like you do this. Yeah. And it's like, well, when did I do that? Right. Well, I don't know. Well, then that, you know, because that immediately puts both of you on defensive. Right. And if you can just be like, you know, the time, you know, if someone had walked up to me and went, hey, Carrie, I think that you're you're showing Ryan favoritism. And if I went, when? And they were like. You know, that time that you let him kill that thunderworm? And I went, oh, not the case. What's wrong with the time I killed the thunderworm? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Giving specific examples, though, can can really help. Uh, especially if if you think that you're going to be giving them feedback about something that they are completely clueless about. You know, if if, if they have no idea that that they're doing something that's upsetting you, then it's yeah. really important to be able to cite those examples. Yeah. Uh, because you're going to 
um, you're going to surprise them a little. Yeah. And, and, and as so, a storyteller, get it almost feels like you're getting um, blindsided. Right. Sometimes when you're when you're not expecting that. Right. Uh, I also think that if if you uh, if you're talking about like a a, a skill based issue, mm-hmm. it's always good to give specific alternative solutions that the storyteller could have considered doing instead of how they handled it. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I come to you and I'm like, I feel like you, uh, um, I feel like you you really you did this thing that really favored somebody else. Uh, you know, maybe consider next time, uh, trying if, you know, uh, I might not have felt that way if you'd maybe done it this way. Right. You know, give, give them, uh, uh, if, if they're making these, I don't want to say mistakes is maybe a hard, hard word, but if they're making these mistakes choices. or choices, uh, because they, they need a mentor, Mm-hmm. then this is your opportunity to maybe help them see some alternative outcomes uh, that they maybe hadn't thought about, right? Uh, what else can you do? Just ask them, why did you do that? <laughs> That's a great one. Like, Yeah, Carrie, but, I really feel like you're favoring your husband. What's up with that? Why? Not be like, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> right. I've, no, no, but like, especially why did, with. Why did you let Ryan kill that thunderworm? I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, I think that, especially when it comes to rules, if, mm-hmm. if you're confused on something, you go, why did you let that happen? Sometimes, and sometimes, someone, a game runner will go, I can't tell you why, but there was a thought process behind it because they don't want to, like, Tell the plot. I promise there's a reason, It's, but it's something I can't tell you because a, another character has a secret. Right. Or the bad guys are up to something you don't know about yet or mm-hmm. things like that. But yeah. But even knowing that there is a reason that a, story, that a game runner chose to do something will sometimes alleviate and, and you go, oh, okay, that makes sense. Or sometimes a, a staff member will go, well, I don't know. Yeah. And that's important too. Right. Why did you do that? Well, I did it because I thought it was the right thing. But when I went home and I thought about it, I was like, boy, that was stupid. Right. Oh, that did not work well at all. Yeah. Well, you know, well then, okay, cool. Let's talk about some alternative solutions that might have worked. Right. Or or, Because I've been playing a long time. Maybe I know something. Right. Or maybe like, what can we do now to make this better so everyone has as much fun at the table as possible? Right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think asking questions is a great, a great one. Um, and, and if, if none of that works, you know, the finish, you know, paying for their coffee and maybe you, uh, need to find another gaming yeah, group. Vote with your feet. Yeah. I, I hate the idea of vote with your feet because it's usually offered in LARPs as the first resort. Mm-hmm, but I think it's the last. It should be the last resort. But um, I also think it's important too. Yeah, you need to you need to really be okay with the fact that like if you're not having fun at a game, you need to go somewhere else. Yes. You know, or maybe you need to if it's a tabletop group in a in a you know, and you're meeting at somebody's house, maybe you just need to find a way to uh you know, discuss, hey, maybe it's time somebody else runs for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, let let somebody else story tell. And I mean I've had people in mushes basically vote with their feet. You know what? I'm yeah. going to I'm going to play my this story out and then I'm done because I don't like the way the game's gone or right. I don't, you know, and that's okay. Mhm. 
It's why I don't play in your mush. It's because I really hate you. Is Wait, that it? Because you always favor your husband. Oh, you yeah. You let him do whatever he wants. And uh-huh. it's like... He'd have to log on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think we need to talk for a second uh, to the storytellers out there now. All right. Because... Everyone all- put on your game running hat. Right. Well, here's the thing is that we just talked all about, uh, as players, how to deal with with storytellers and dungeon masters who are a problem. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think now we need to talk for a second to the dungeon masters and storytellers because none of what we just talked about works completely independent of that storyteller. Mm-hmm. So, storytellers... Dungeon masters, wizards, whatever you call yourself in whatever game system you're running, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you might be a problem DM. And that doesn't mean you need to stop playing or running games. Oh, first yeah, of all. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Number one, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's not the end of your game. <clears throat> if you want your game to be awesome, and I hope everyone listening wants their game to be awesome. Cause that's the whole reason we do this podcast is cause we want everyone's game to be more fun. Mm-hmm. And if you want your game to be more fun, then you need to understand that if a player comes to you with feedback, it is like the greatest treasure ever. And you need to embrace that and let them buy you that fucking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to the storytellers and DMS out there, I have three super important pieces of advice. All right. If you take nothing else away from this podcast ever, listen to these three things. As a storyteller, as a dungeon master, listen, respond, and adjust. So if you're given feedback, listen to it. Even if you disagree with it, hear it out. Hear it all the way out. Uh, It is... You, you will find that your players will respect you more if you listened to their feedback. Mm-hmm. Even if you decide they are completely wrong, they will respect you because you heard them out. And that's going to make your game better. Yes. So listen to the feedback. The second thing is respond to the feedback. And by respond, uh, you know, that could be as much as just sitting across from them at the table and saying, I hear what you're saying. And I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think about it. I hear what you're saying. I I see how you could feel that way. I understand what you're you're thinking and what you're telling me. Uh, If they send you an email, respond to the email. Yeah. Even even if the response is our staff's going to meet and talk about this. Thank you for letting us know. Yep. Right. Just, just send an email. Let them know that that you've got it. Respond in some way. And the last thing is adjust to the feedback. Okay. So maybe you think the feedback's bullshit. Right. You know everything. You're the storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, but, first of all, no, you don't. Right. Yeah. You know, like that's that's part of being a bad DM mm-hmm. is assuming you know everything. But but even if you feel like the person complaining is completely wrong. Right. There is still something you can do to adjust your behavior or your game or your rules calls or something to make things better in the future, right? If uh, if somebody goes to Carrie and says, hey, Carrie, 
I feel like you're showing favoritism to your husband. Then I don't run scenes for him anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just like, as simple. Yeah. You know, like, it, it, it doesn't actually change anything. Right. Because, in all honesty, my staff at the time would all plan out what each scene was going to be together anyway. Right. You know, but if I'm not running it. So this it, was in a LARP. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not running it. So the perception changes for everyone. Right. And it makes the other players feel more comfortable. And then the game is a little better. Yeah. You know, if I if somebody comes to you and says that I don't like the I don't like the way you you do this thing in combat, you know, take a second. You can be mad about it. It's fine. You don't agree. You like the way you do it. But maybe switching it to do it the way that that your player would prefer it. You know, if it's not going to hurt anything, mm-hmm. it's only going to help. Um, I think that that adjusting a little to feedback uh, can be as as much as accepting that what they told you is correct and totally, you know, changing everything. Or it can be as much as uh, as completely thinking that they're wrong. But knowing that the next time you do something like that, they're going to feel that way. And so then you're prepared for it or you can find a small way to adjust to make them not feel that way. You know, and it doesn't have to change anything. Right. I mean, it could be, you know, Bob complained that all I have you fight are cobalts. Right. So maybe the next time it's a troll or, you know, like it can be little stuff. You can still have the cobalts, just not all the time because you know what? If your players think that all they're fighting are cobalts, they probably are only fighting cobalts. Right. Yeah. You know, there are just there are little things uh, that you can do that can maybe make them feel better about what's going on. You know, so when I say adjust to feedback, uh, it can be as much as as completely altering to do exactly what what they're suggesting. Or it can be as little as just adjusting to know that. Uh, that the next time stuff happens, you know, that they're going to have that impression and, and you can sort Lessen of buffer it. Lessen it in some way, yeah. Yeah. So listen, respond, and adjust. Uh, and and if those things don't work, maybe you just uh, should find something else to do. <laughs> no, if those things don't work, find a mentor. Yes. And if, if you are fearful that you are a bad DM a bad game runner, a bad wizard, um, and you would like feedback from us, you know, message us. Right. I want to, I want to say a couple of things. Uh, first of all, mentors don't have to be better than you. Oh no, no, no. In fact, I think equal is actually better. Mentors can be different than you because different people have different skills. So for example, uh, like Carrie was on a staff once where uh, she is not as good at combat, but is great nope. at running, running like character plots. Yeah. Right. And then she had another staff member. It was Jason who was super good at running combat, but not as good as at running uh, character plots. Mm-hmm. And so the two of them would teach one another the other thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in a tabletop game, there's only one storyteller uh, at a time, but that doesn't mean there's only one storyteller in your group right you know find somebody else and the other the other piece to that is is please remember that there is always room to get better oh yeah uh you know it is just like we always hear the you know people who are professionals in their field you know whatever field that is whether it's being a doctor or a lawyer or anything like that you know we always hear them talk about how every day i'm learning 
I learn something new at my job every day, right? Yeah. And that's true of storytelling. You know, it sounds corny and hokey to say that, but um, I, you know, I, I've been storytelling for, uh, you know, more than 20 years. And recently I played in a Star Wars tabletop game run by a guy named Crow uh, here locally. And it was a tabletop Star Wars game. And I'll tell you what, I learned a crap ton of stuff about how to manage a table with a ton of players at it. Yeah, how many players were there? There was there was probably a dozen of us in the room, right? So it was like 11 players and one storyteller. That's insane. And he managed that table like a Jedi, <laughs> <laughs> right? And so, like, here I am, like... I'm a good enough storyteller that I host a podcast to tell people how to be a good enough storyteller. Right. And I learned, holy cow, this is a this is a whole other this is a whole other dimension of of like power yeah. and skill. Like I, I was like, wow. You know, and so so I think it's important to know that there's always going to be something someone else does that is is different or better than mm-hmm. what you do. And you should there's no reason why we can't learn from one another. And and that's super powerful and amazing. Yes. All right, let's go. Let's roll the game. Nah, okay. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Welcome to Game Wrap. Ta-da! Here we are. Here we are. It's wrapped. All right, well, we can be found at honorrollpodcast.com. I would love, 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 love for everybody to go to Facebook uh, and find us on Facebook and give us a like there. Yeah. It would be super awesome if everyone would go to Twitter and, and you know, follow us on Twitter at honorrollpodcast. And, of course, you can uh, leave us reviews on iTunes. That would be super helpful. We like that. And we also like when you send us an email. You could send us emails at hosts at honorrollpodcast.com and as we said earlier you can go to patreon.com slash honorrollpodcast and help us keep the show going uh, and pay for our equipment and hosting mm-hmm. fees and, and Curious Pepsi and stuff yeah I, I don't have any right now I know it's rough right I know right awesome cool well uh, let's take a minute to give experience points Carrie you get 400,000 XP okay because boomer. Jason's not here <laughs> you just yeah, okay boomered me yeah you did that was amazing <laughs> Amazing. Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. All right, can I can I bounce some of that XP? No. All right, I'll keep it then. Okay. All right. Yeah, I feel I feel uh, yeah I feel good about that. Yeah, we're not going to share the share it at all, huh? Mm-mm. Wow. No, not at all. Okay. Sweet. All right. Well, join us next week when our topic is McClunky. Until next time, is I'm what McClunky. What the hell is that? Until next time, I'm Ryan the Curmudgeon. What the hell That's is that? Carrie the Legend. <sighs> and uh, remember, the only way to ro- only win a role, <laughs> the only way the world, <laughs> the only way to win a role playing game is to have fun. Those who are here on the podcast and nobody else. 
All of the music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Oh, <laughs> oh,